Now, I wonder if you'd find John chapter 18. I'd like to uh, share with you something from the Word of God. Again, thank you for receiving me and allowing me to be here. I count it a privilege. My wife and I very much enjoyed our time here in uh, February. And uh, in fact, I wish she was with me now. But uh, I had to bring one of my staff instead. Not quite the same. But uh, he's out learning a little bit with uh, Brother Northcutt, I believe, this morning. Uh, John chapter 18, why don't you pick up Ephesians chapter 2, and uh, I want to talk to you about something that, uh, something that is going to, uh, is going to be around you, and uh, something that really is about you, uh, something that happens to other people, but it happens to you, and uh, I'm hoping that what you'll see this morning is, uh, is just something of how God works or likes to work. In, uh, in folks' lives. Uh, I'm going to talk to you this morning about the subject of destiny. And uh, I want you to see from the Bible the matter of destiny. Uh, destiny is something happens when God meets us at a certain time in our life. Uh, you can look back through history and you could point to some great leaders and you can almost identify given moments of destiny. But destiny doesn't just happen to great leaders. Destiny happens to everybody. And everybody, at some point in their life, finds themselves at the intersection of destiny. I'm going to show you in the Bible how very important that is. What I want to do, I want you to see the matter of destiny, and I want you to understand how God brings that to be. And I want you to realize it, because I don't want you to miss the moment when it happens for you. You know, there was an aged prophet walked into a little village and people wondered why he was there. But that was David's appointment with destiny. And David was going to be called out and anointed and singled on that day. It was a young boy uh, working the farm. And an aged prophet walked up and threw a mantle on his shoulders. And for Elisha, that moment was his appointment with destiny. There was a young man hiding under oppression of a foreign power, sneaking around the wine press when the angel of God turned up. And for Gideon, that was a moment of destiny. There was a fisherman on a beach when a man walked up who seemed to have a certain authority, said, would you row your boat out a little while and let me stand here and preach? And for Peter, that ordinary day turns into a moment of destiny. There was one who was faithful to God in an age when men had abandoned God and wickedness was at an all-time high. And God said, I need you to do something and preserve a small remnant of humanity. And for Noah, that day was an appointment of destiny. For Joseph, his destiny came in a prison cell. And destiny meets you at different places and different times. But I'll tell you this with a certainty this morning. Destiny will meet you. And when destiny meets you, you need to be ready for that moment. I want you to see in John chapter 18 and verse number, uh, verse number 37, Pilate was talking to Jesus. Verse 37, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. Now I want you to notice carefully what he said. This is very profound. He said, to this end was I born, and for this cause 
came I into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. I want you to see that Jesus highlighted two things about his life there. He spoke about an end and he spoke about a cause. And destiny is always about an end and a cause. Now, an end might be likened to a particular purpose or a particular part that will be entirely unique to you. And Jesus said he had an end. But Jesus also said he had a cause. Now, a cause is a reason for that particular end that is given unto you. You say, Pastor Shemish, do you believe that Jesus Christ was believing in the matter of destiny? I absolutely believe that. I think Jesus understood that he was determined of God to do certain things. I think he realized when those moments met him. I think that Jesus understood that destiny is not only an occasion, but destiny has seasons and times. And you find that Jesus said that, that this is my hour. Or he said, my hour is not yet come. And he was conscious of the fact that destiny did that. It had a moment, a season, a time. Now I can say with great assurity to you this morning that in a given moment, in a certain season, at a particular time, of a certain hour, destiny will meet with you. It may be that some have come to this church this morning in a very ordinary way not realizing as you came through those doors and found your seat in the pew that this was not going to be an ordinary service, but this would be a meeting where destiny and you were meant to intersect. And it could be that way for some this morning. I want you to see in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10, and then we're going to go to 1 Kings, and I will show you destiny working itself through in somebody's life. In Ephesians chapter number 2, In verse number 10, talking about believers, the Bible says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, please notice this, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Jesus Christ recognized that God had before ordained certain things that he needed to do. And I'd like to say to you this morning that God has before ordained certain things that he wants you to do. I'd like you to think about the the significance of your uniqueness this morning. You see, the world wars against the concept of you being unique. We're all the time being told that there's six point something billion people in the world and you're but just one. We're all the time being told that that you're not really created of God, but you just came to be through accidental processes and you have no real part but just to evolve somewhat and disappear off the scene. And the world constantly wars against your mind and tries to tell you that you are not significant, that you are not unique, that you don't have a destiny of God. But the Bible flies in the face of that and cries out that every man and woman and child is born on purpose, and God has a sure and certain destiny planned for your life. I want you to see that lived out in 1 Kings chapter number 1, if you turn there in your Bible. And let me show you the processes and the framework of destiny 
For we find here a younger man who was destined for a moment. And if you'll study a little bit, you'll see how God brings that intersection of an individual and in the destiny that he has chosen for them together. And it's well seen here in the life of Solomon. At the time of this happening, Solomon was a younger man. And the setting is, as uh, uh, we're introduced here in the early part of chapter 1, that David, the, the, uh, the former king, is aged now. And uh, in verse number 5, we find in response to a perceived leadership vacuum, that Adonijah sought to force the matter of his destiny and thought that he could usurp God and usurp the thing that he was called to do. And Adonijah gathered some folks together and he decided to force the issue. You know, history is full of people who try and assert themselves against the will of God. History is full of people who believe they can play games with God and win. And history is littered with men who have tried and failed, who have attempted to outsmart God and couldn't, who sought to manipulate people and war against the will of God and have come to grief. And Adonijah's story would be over in some two chapters. It's finished for him. And the story of those who yoked up with him and believing they could outsmart God and somehow change the eternal will of God, their story is over too in about two chapters. Joab will end his life in disgrace. Uh, Abiathar will be uh, sent in exile, ending what was a good beginning with a sad ending. And Solomon throughout all of this seems to be somewhat in the background of obscurity and quietness. But the destiny of God is working to bring Solomon to the place that God has chosen for him. Now I'd like to say to you again today that the circumstances and the events and the happenings of your life are not random and meaningless, but through the events and the circumstances and mostly through the people around you, God is using those things to intersect and connect you with the very part, the end, and the cause that he's chosen for you. I want you to see in verse number 33 of 1 Kings chapter number 1, King David is speaking. He said, The king also said unto them, Take with you the servants of your Lord and cause Solomon, my son, to ride upon mine own mule and bring him down to Gion and let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him there, king over Israel, And blow you with the trumpet and say, God save King Solomon. Then you shall come up after him, that he may come and sit upon my throne. For he shall be king in my stead. For I have, uh, he shall be king in my stead. For I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and over Judah. And if you follow it through, you'll find that that's exactly what they did. And Solomon came to the throne of Israel, not really through his own working. Now, if we're going to understand the processes of this matter of destiny, we will have to see that destiny is when the sovereign will of God uses human agency to bring about a particular thing. Now, destiny is always that way. 
Destiny is always about God's will for you, that unique thing, that reason for which you're here today, where God will use human agency, God uses people to work to bring you to the place where you meet that moment of destiny. Now, the other thing I want you to see in the matter of destiny is that destiny typically happens in a crisis moment. You find there that that uh, Nathan the prophet said to Bathsheba in verse number 12 and in verse number 20, there was a recognition that this was a crisis moment in the kingdom. Bathsheba realized that if uh, if Adonijah has his way, if this if this comes to be, then I will lose my life and Solomon will lose his life. And she pointed that out. And she 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 realized that this was a crisis moment. Now, very often... People meet a crisis moment in life. And we think that if we, if we could, we would detour around that. Or we wish that that crisis would not happen to us. But please, could you understand this morning that that crisis moment is often a, a, an intersection in a moment of destiny that God has for you. That God has worked and allowed circumstances Events, people, things have happened that have brought you to a place, a crisis place perhaps, where you're about to intersect the destiny of God for your life. In 1939, England realized that war had, had begun. Adolf Hitler had broken his word. Neville Chamberlain was hanging his head in shame and disgrace. He'd flown back to England, proclaiming peace in our time. And the armies of Nazi Germany just pushed on through into Poland. And England realized they were in a moment of crisis, grievous crisis. Now, I want you to understand that, that many countries, including the United States, came into the war sometime after that. There was a time where it seemed that England and her allies stood alone. And in a moment of crisis... England realized they needed a man. And in that moment of crisis, a certain outworking, a certain process of destiny was being played out. And suddenly came to the forefront a man who had been in somewhat political obscurity for some years. And Winston Churchill, at the age of 62, met his destiny. Churchill, as a younger man, had made some decisions and he had caused the, the deaths of some men through a decision he made right back near World War I. And Churchill had felt that his life was a failure and he struggled to live with the decision he'd made. And, and Churchill, though he did not need to, volunteered to go and get in the trenches in World War I. He felt he needed to somehow purge himself of the memory and somehow try and overcome the failure that he was feeling. And Churchill served in the trenches with the ordinary men of World War I. And after that, Churchill wrote back to his wife and he said, I'm beginning to feel a certain peace come back. And and it was between the end of World War I and the uh, five or seven years leading up to World War II that Churchill could see the troubled clouds of war descending across Europe. And if you were to go back and read the things that Winston Churchill said in the early 1930s, you would think he was making a wartime speech. 
Churchill saw things that others could not see. Churchill said that Nazi Germany will again bring the world to the brink of war. People said, you're a madman. People said, you're a warmonger. People said, you're trying to incite panic. But there was something in Churchill that enabled him to see some things that others could not see. And when crisis struck England in 1939, they looked for a man, the cabinet met, and Winston Churchill was brought out of obscurity at age 62 to lead that nation, we now know, onto tremendous victory and through a time of crisis. They said to Churchill on that day, they said, when you were appointed by the cabinet to be the prime minister, in a moment of crisis, when you knew your nation was at the brink of destruction. How was it for you that night? Could you sleep when you went to bed at night? And Churchill records that his answer was that when they appointed him to be prime minister, he said, I knew at that moment I had met my destiny and unto this cause was I born. Age 62. For 62 years, Winston Churchill was being prepared for a moment. I want to say to you today that God has a destiny for you. I want to say to you that you're not an accident, that you're unique and individual and chosen by God, and you have a purpose and a part, and there is something that you can say in the will of God, to this end was I born, and for this cause. And I want you to see in the life of Solomon that through a moment of crisis, Solomon emerges as the leader. I want you to see also that destiny is realized when we say yes to God's special invitation. You see, Solomon did not do a lot to bring himself to the throne. In fact, that's the remarkable thing about destiny. It never has to be forced or manipulated. It comes to be because God has before ordained it. And all you have to do when you meet your moment of destiny is be ready to say yes. Uh, All Solomon had to do was, was when they said, are you ready to get on the king's mule? Are you ready to sit upon the throne? Are you ready to let these men lead you and proclaim? All he had to do was say yes. You see, Adonijah tried to manipulate and, and Adonijah tried to force it. And Adonijah thought that if you could manipulate people, you could manipulate God. A lot of people have believed that. But the will of God has always, always prevailed over the devices of men. And that thing that God has chosen for you today, that 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 special part, that cause, the end unto which he breathed the breath of life into you and brought you into this world, will not be flaunted by the devices of men. And all God is looking for you to do when that moment comes is to be ready to say yes. You see, people often get fearful they'll miss the will of God. People don't miss the will of God. People say no to the will of God. And all you have to do is be ready to say yes when God calls. There's no manipulation needed. None of that was required. Solomon just had to be available for that moment. And what a contrast it is. Now, You'll find the other thing about this calling of destiny is there's always a confirmation. 
And if you look in chapter number 1 there in verse number 14, Nathan the prophet said, You go to King David, Bathsheba, and you tell him these things. And then I will come in and I will confirm thy words. And destiny, when it meets us, we find that there's always a confirmation comes somehow. And that's how we know that this indeed is the moment that God has prepared me for. I can remember when I, at age 13... I encountered a moment of destiny. I did not know it. I did not plan it that way. In fact, most often when it comes, you're not expecting it. And I can remember there in a small painted white wooden building with three wooden stairs going up to a little attic and into a very small hall that perhaps would seat 50 to 70 people. As I entered into that hall, I did not know as I walked through that doorway that destiny was waiting for me. And as I walked in there and sat there, a man of God took the word of God. And as he began to speak with his human voice, I heard another voice. And the other voice spoke to me in a deeper way. It was a confirming voice that told me that this was true. And at that moment, as as for me, a gospel invitation was given, I would broach the place of destiny where I needed to decide how I'd respond. Now, I'm grateful by the grace of God when that moment came, I was able to say yes and meet that destiny, meet that place. Now, I want to say to you this morning that perhaps there's something already that God has begun to speak to you about. Perhaps there is something like Solomon being prepared for the throne that has been prepared ahead by God for you. You see, uh, David testified He knew earlier on in 1 Chronicles chapter 22 and verses 9 and 10 that God had come to him and said that Solomon thy son shall sit on the throne and Solomon will do this. David already knew, but but not many other people knew. And that's why Bathsheba was able to say, the eyes of all Israel are upon you, David, waiting to hear what should happen. It wasn't known to everybody. And likely the thing that God has for you is not known to everybody, but it may be known to some. As sure as David knew that Solomon was the one, sometimes you'll find that a man of God is able to see some things in you that you may not see in yourself. That moment, they're able to identify a moment, a time. And there's always a confirmation And I'm sure that as you're listening to me this morning and and thinking these things through, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And you can know if this is true, not only by listening to my voice, but by listening to the inner voice of the Holy Spirit, confirming that this is so. Confirming that these things be. Confirming your uniqueness, that you have a calling and an end and a cause that God has brought you here. The greatest thing in life is to meet that moment of destiny and take up that cause and live unto that end. It's the greatest thing that gives the greatest significance in life. There are many, many people who don't have the opportunity that we have today. They don't have the opportunity to hear the Word of God. They're not gathered in a place where the Holy Spirit of God is present in the way that He is here this morning. They're not able to have their mind challenged to these things and and see in the Word of God that they do have a destiny and a purpose. But unto you this morning that has been given. And God has called you here for a purpose and God wants to speak to your heart. You may have come in here this morning and you may have never received Christ as your own Savior. 
And you may not have realized when you came through that destiny was going to call to you and meet you in this way. And this is a moment for you to respond to the call of God. This is a moment for you to say yes to the invite of God. This is not something that requires human manipulation. But this is something that will use human agency. And you'll find that destiny frequently involves people. And it was Benaniah, and it was Bathsheba, and it was Nathan, and it was Zadok who came. And those people were instrumental in clearing the way for Solomon to meet the place that God had for him. I can remember one or two times in my life where I've been listening to the preaching of the Word of God, and I do not know what was happening to others sitting around me, but I knew what was happening to me. And I heard the Word of God with such clarity, and it seemed to to get my attention in such a personal way, that I knew for me at that moment this was a destiny moment that God was approaching me with a a new thing, uh, uh, asking me uh, to respond, a new invite. Was I willing to say yes? And Solomon was at a place just like that, before determined by God, only known by a few, not needing to be forced or manipulated. And I want you to see that in the process of Solomon meeting that destiny, that in the same way that God uses human agency, you see also that the devil was active. And the devil also uses human agency. The devil was working to assert the will of God that had determined that place for Solomon. And Adonijah took upon himself the same spirit of Lucifer when he fell from heaven, and Adonijah decided, I'll exalt myself. I'll be like the king. I'll just force the act and it'll have to be. I'll bring it to be. And that was the devil working through through human agency. Now, people have often said to me, Pastor Shemish, why does God allow uh, the devil to to work through people in that way? And what's what's the reason that when we see God trying to work, that that the devil comes and tries to use people to to cause someone to get distracted or moved away from what God wants for them. They say, Pastor Chemish, why does God allow the devil to do that? And there's only ever been one answer to that. There's only ever been one answer to why does God allow the devil to do that? It's the same answer you find back in the book of Genesis. Why was the devil there? And the answer is that God allows the obstacles... And God allows the devil to work through certain human agency to see what is in the hearts of his people. He did it with Adam and Eve. He tested their affections. He allowed it to be so. When Adonijah raised himself up, it revealed some things in the kingdom. It showed us Joab in a new light. It showed us Abiathar in a new light. And the devil's working simply brought a greater contrast between those who would be obedient and those who would be disobedient. Now, you may find that as God brings you to a moment of destiny, as God brings you to the place where he's going to intersect you with the cause and the end to which you have been born, you may find that human agency will bring a certain obstacle. 
Now, your response to that will be determined by your resolve to do the will of God. And every time God meets us in a destiny moment, there's a testing of resolve. I can remember when the salvation message was given and I sat there in a destiny moment. There were some other kids behind me laughing. There was one sitting beside me who was not interested. And that was simply resolve being challenged. But I knew at that moment that was my time. I knew it had to be then. I had to say yes at that moment. Now, you may find when the call of God comes your way, you may find when the Spirit of God unlocks your mind and you begin to make sense of what's happening around you and you say, you know, now I'm beginning to see this in a new way. Now I'm beginning to understand that this is not so much a crisis, but this is a positioning for destiny, that God is calling me to a part. And now I see that. You may find that when that realization comes your way, that the devil may perhaps use human agency to bring distraction, to challenge your resolve. How willing are you to do that? To test whether your yes to God really is a yes or a perhaps. And the devil was able to work here using these men who challenged and tried to interrupt the processes of God. And yet none of it stopped that great moment of meeting where Solomon met his destiny. Now, I will tell you what destiny guarantees you. People say, Pastor, does does destiny guarantee you a life? Destiny never guarantees a life. Destiny guarantees you a moment. You determine your life. Destiny guaranteed Solomon a moment. And Solomon said yes, but Solomon did not end well. Destiny guaranteed Winston Churchill a moment. But Churchill did not end well either. Destiny doesn't guarantee you a life. You determine that. But destiny intersects you with a moment, a place, a time. Destiny is a positioning where God brings you to his will And you realize, to this end was I born and unto this cause. Now, maybe this morning there's something that you know the Spirit of God has you here for. I do not know the thing chosen for you, but I do know that something is chosen for you. I can say with great certainty today that that as sure as you are unique and as sure as God purposed to breathe into you the breath of life, And as sure as you're sitting here today that God does have a part and a cause for you. And you will meet that at a destiny moment. Now, there may be some. If you've come here this morning and you've never received Christ and you just walked in on a meeting like this and you find yourself here and suddenly a man from many miles away with a funny accent is talking about destiny. And you have an inner conviction that this is for you that this is why you're here, that this is the reason that you came today. You've met a destiny moment. And you'll decide sitting there right there in your pew whether you'll say yes to that or not. God will position you, but you will respond to that. Now, there'll be others here. You're already saved. And some have been wondering, what's my part? 
What's, what's my cause? Where do I, where do I fit? And, and today something has become clearer. You say, I feel like this was for me. I feel like today that this was speaking directly to me. And you have a confirmation that this is a destiny moment. And you have opportunity to respond to that. There'll be no human manipulation here today. There'll be no, there'll be no, there'll be no tricksters. They'll just be the Spirit of God, the Word of God, the cause and the end to which He made you, and your decision what you do with that.